So today we're doing a mixed bag episode. Some might call it a Q&A, but we're answering three questions and a few offshoots off of those questions. We're talking about courting. The benefits of courting specifically is what someone asked about. We're going to talk about vices that we are currently trying to overcome. And we're going to talk about hormones and how do you determine if that is a sinful nature or like physiological state coming into play there. So anyways, I'm excited to talk to you guys about these. Hopefully this will be a quick and snappy episode. Our kids are out playing in the snow and we don't want them to freeze. But now that we're a family podcast. Katie, I have to let our listeners know that you went to extra lengths in preparation for today's episode, in your appearance anyways, because uh, we were about to record, we were about to press record, and you... I looked that bad. Nope, you looked amazing, but then you realized that the pants that you were wearing, you had worn for numerous episodes, and you said, I, uh, the last, you said, the last thing I want, or you said something like this. The last thing I want our listeners to think is that I'm becoming apathetic in how I come across to them and my appearance towards them. I want them to feel respected and appreciated in how I put myself together. And so you went and you changed your pants. Yeah, I said nothing like that. But that is what Elisha would have said if he had done what I did. I think I was running downstairs. I go, I got to get some, I got to get some pants. I wore those in the last episode. But yeah, well, good. I'm I'm glad that I'm I just you really you should speak for me all the time because I liked no. how eloquent and gracious you were. No, I have the fortune of listening back to each one of our episodes. The good fortune of listening back to each of our episodes and hearing you communicate. I think when we're and then get my letting myself get on my nerve. So it's a mixed bag. It's a misfortune Stop. and a fortune. <laughs> but I I feel like when we're recording in real time, I won't always appreciate and even like comprehend and register a lot of the things that you're saying. And I listen back and I think, wow, my wife has so many profound thoughts that, that you articulate very effectively. So I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful. Or maybe you have to hear them like two or three times to actually be like, oh, that's what she was saying. That's how deep they are. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Well, I'm excited to talk about this episode because these three questions made us smile And we thought we would answer them for you guys today. The first one was, what are the benefits of courting and how to talk to family members who think your child should be allowed to date? So this could go, I feel like this is a big question because one, you're assuming that there's benefits of courting or that we could give you benefits of courting, um, which I think we should start with that, that part of the question. What are the benefits of courting? But I would add that I would not recommend courting. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, maybe you should start because maybe we don't have a shared conviction on this. No. I think we're pretty aligned, but I'm curious to hear why, why you wouldn't encourage it or recommend it. Well, I think courting is kind of a blanket term. I don't think a lot of people know what it means. Obviously, it, it comes from a generation more recently where parents were seeing kids were just going out and dating around at a really young age, having a ton of like loose connections with people breaking up all the hurt and trauma that goes along with that. I mean, like, you know what? I really want to help protect my child, help guide them through this process. And so they don't have all of these repetitive patterns of hurt and bad decisions in their past. I think that's kind of how 
this like rebirth of courting started in the modern era. Okay. I would say. Yeah, because the concept... Would you? Because courting's been around. Got it. Age is old, right? Okay. And, And when you read the old books, maybe like Pride and Prejudice or something, the suitor would come to the house see the family, the whole thing's awkward. Like the whole thing's super awkward. It's really entertaining to watch, but the couple like says a few awkward phrases. They go on a walk and everybody's like right behind them. They sit in the tea parlor. They don't really say much. I can attest like Elisha's in my experience courting was that to a T only I was wearing pants half the time. Like that is the other time I was wearing Insta- dresses. Yeah, instead of a dress. Gosh, <laughs> oh, my Katie. word. Oh, my word. I was saying versus like, I was trying to, oh, my word, modernize it versus like Pride and Prejudice, right? Where they're like in dresses the entire time. Yes. You guys, you guys know what I'm talking about. Hopefully. We hope. Uh, anyways, so it's funny now watching those movies because I'm like, that is exactly how I felt in those situations. And it's not to say that a lot of, harm can be avoided, but I think you can also, it can be so uptight and tense that in Elisha's, in my case, we just ended things. He ended things more specifically. (laughs) And, um, and it could also lead to, I think, not developing a great friendship or ground level relationship before you dive into marriage, which can be helpful to, I feel like all of our really good, raw, meaty conversations that we had to have before getting married, we had privately um, the second time around, not in a group setting with my sisters and my dad and my mom all there or all of Elisha's family there. We had to really have some hard conversations that were just us. And I think that that's a healthy part of getting to know someone before deciding to spend the rest of your life with them. Yeah, it is funny when you were describing like the old uh, Jane Austen courting scene. I was like, you're right. That is exactly what that first, that that 10 month kind of courtship that you and I had that first time. That's what exactly what it felt like and what it was. Um, And you said it was awkward and it was stiff and it didn't lend to there being a lot of natural conversation and relationship building. And of course, because something's awkward, doesn't mean it's wrong or because something mm-hmm. stiff doesn't mean it's wrong. It might not even, it, it might still be optimal in that case. And of course our story is, you know, an- anecdotal. Um, yes. Yes. I don't think we can point to that and say, you see courting doesn't work or courting is wrong. Um, in a lot of ways, I think that again, we look hindsight and we say, well, how do we been given more liberties in that first 10 months when we were trying to court, you know, we, that, that first time it would have worked a lot smoother and we would have been able to get married a lot sooner. And maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. I'm grateful though, for the journey of the relationship that we've had. Um, yes. obviously the courting season and then the more, maybe what's more like a more common dating season. Yeah. Well, I actually appreciated a lot of things the second time. So I think maybe we could talk about what are like the benefits of courting? I think to me, definition of courting is having a parent involved. Okay. That's good. It's to separate it from dating. Yeah. Like having a parent that is highly in tune with the relationship. I don't know how else to define it. I think that's what separates it from dating. If that's the case, I want my kids to all court. I think you do too. Yes. So I'm saying, 
So I just wanted to kind of define terms though at the beginning here, yes. going, okay, what's courting? Because I think a lot of people, we don't really know what that means. It's up to the parent's decision, how involved they're going to be. Are they going to interview the suitor for months prior to the daughter talking to him? Is the dad just going to get to know him before he gets to know the daughter? Is, are they going to only hang out in family settings or are they going to go out on dates, but still hang out a lot as a family? Like what is courting, you know? And so I think there's a lot of ways to do it. The benefits of a courtship process, I think for me would be having the family's involvement. That's huge. Again, like you said, I want there to be involvement from you and I in our children's relationship. And I'm grateful for your parents' involvement and my parents' involvement in both our courtship and then when we actually dated as well. Um, and I, you're, it's not an exaggeration when you start looking at examples of courtship experiences where there's been multi, multiple year processes of just an older brother getting to know a suitor or, and then the dad getting to know a suitor and then the family getting to know the suitor and then the daughter with the family getting to know the suitor. And yeah, we've had friends where that's been the case. It's been a like three, four year process. Yeah. And they were never, they never went on a date with just the two of them prior to getting married. Mm -mm. And I'm sure they're happily married. Like, I mean, you know, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. We know people that are happily married. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, I think it's fantastic. And, and I guess, I wouldn't recommend courting the way we did it, I should say. But obviously, I real I don't want the dating model either yeah. for our children. I do yeah. think like hybrid. Can you be hybrid on something like this? I think you can. Yeah, because I think that going back, and this is just, again, we're just 100% using our own experience and kind of drawing some conclusions from it. Uh, or maybe we're not even drawing conclusions from it. <laughs> just, just give examples, yeah. I think, maybe. Yeah. Uh, the first time when Katie and I, I think you would call that courting because we were just joking the other day. There was like a 20 minute period where we were alone. It was like we were driving to pick somebody up and it, over that 10 month relationship. Yeah. There was like this 20 minute period where you and I got to drive to pick up a friend uh, in town. And Elisha let me drive his stick shift. And that was the first time, like I was destroying his car and I like laughed for the first time around him and things started to loosen up a little bit where it was like, Oh, we could like be friends here potentially and have a good time. Yeah. And everything else was family dinners, family hikes, family sporting events. Um, yeah, just family time. And there was nothing wrong with that. I think if, had I been a different person and actually sought you out in those environments, we probably could have gotten to know each other very well, but I was so sheepish and gun shy. And the last thing I wanted to do was have anything resembling a serious conversation with you in the midst of your family. And maybe that's not that all, all, maybe that's not all that uncommon. My dad was a pretty imposing figure to you and that like you respected him a ton and Mm -hmm. looked up to him a ton. He was larger than life and that you've known him for over a decade at this point. And so it wasn't like we've talked about this. Other guys have come into the family just meeting everyone for the first time at face value and not having these years of stories and yeah. stuff built up. You legend. Know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I feel like my dad was kind of a legend. And I mean, he is in a lot of ways. Yeah. But um, 
that was intimidating too. Cause you're thinking he's overhearing everything I'm saying to Katie. Mm-hmm. He's watching how I present myself. Like, I think you really wanted to prove yourself to my dad Yes. first and foremost. And I was secondary. Yes. Like your fear of him was more than your love of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's unfortunately true. And I, I mean, I feel like we could probably just continue pontificating about our experience for hours and hours. And we've probably already done that in, in previous episodes. But I do think when you're looking at the pros and cons of courting versus dating, it is so much easier when you keep the big picture goal in mind. And again, I don't, you know, I was just before this episode looking at Bible verses, it's obviously hard to find explicit direction on how to either court or date. I mean, you know, those, those words are not in the Bible and it's hard to find like this format. What is easy to find? We have a lot more freedom now than we did in biblical times. Yes. And what's easy to find in the Bible is what the purpose of what male and female relationships should look like generally. Mm -hmm. And that is like men should treat other younger women like sisters unless they're married. And, you know, and it's like, okay, there's this defining lines. And of course, fornication is, is a sin. You know, there's not Mm -hmm. supposed to be this sexual relationship prior to marriage and marriage is a good thing to seek after. You know, it's not good for man to be alone and it's better to marry than to burn the Bible tells us. And it, it puts a high uh, it's got a very high view of marriage and it tells us it's a good thing to pursue. We should pursue marriage. And so if you've got that perspective going into a relationship, it's a lot easier if you've got that mindset to not get caught up in how much time you get to spend with each other or not spend with each other. And you're keeping the goal in mind. Now, obviously that can be easier said than done depending on... No, that's easy for a parent to say. That is not (laughs) easy when you're in a relationship. Are you kidding me? I'm already starting to change my... Yeah, no. Hello. Now that I'm a parent, now that I'm a father. (laughs) Now that I'm a father. This is the thing. I think there needs to be some freedom for the couple to get to know each other outside of everyone else's scrutiny. And I think this is really big. I'm actually a big proponent of this because do I want to be involved in my kids dating relationships to a certain extent? Yes. Like I want them to come to us for advice. I want them to get to know their spouse around the family. I think that's a super healthy thing because you get to see how they interact. If they slight the siblings, if they're annoyed at them, if they're friendly and outgoing and are seeking to uh, serve in those environments, or if they're just needy and selfish, um, and also going to see the other, how, how that person interacts in their family. And, um, how are they with their siblings? How do they treat their mother? How do they treat their father? All those things I think are so healthy. I think the typical dating environment takes two people, puts them in a vacuum outside of anything that's normal life. And it's saying, hey, we're going to do fancy dinners and makeout sessions and decide whether we're going to get married or not based off of that. And I think that's why marriage hits people so hard uh, all of a sudden. And it's like, who did I marry? So I think getting to know each other in those group settings, playing, serving together, things like that is an incredible blessing that courtship really promotes and offers. But I do think that there are already so many emotions going on in a relationship. You're already so going out on a limb for this other person. They're going out on a limb for you. Maybe quicker, maybe slower. It's intimidating, you're just, you're taking this huge risk when you're in a relationship. And I think sometimes that parents stepping in and inserting themselves so that the spouse or the potential spouse is having to prove themselves to you and the parents simultaneously without you guys first having some kind of bond or desire that you even want to move forward can be unhelpful and put 
undue stress on the relationship. I think that sometimes it's more helpful for either the daughter or the husband or the you know potential man to explore a relationship together in terms of like hang out a couple times, few times, ask people questions, you know, ask each other questions, see if your personalities connect, see if you have fun together, see if you want to make this work in the infancy of the relationship. And if you're like, Hey, you know what? I think this person's worth fighting for. Then bring them into the family and start putting them through the paces. But I think when the whole, like put you through the paces things happens before both people are sure that they even want to pursue the relationship, it can just really muddle the emotion the emotional waters and you can be stressed out. I think I was really stressed out trying to prove Elisha to my parents before I even knew if I wanted to marry Elisha or wanted to pursue Elisha. I just wanted to have the chance to pursue Elisha or have him pursue me. So anyways, I kind of feel like any relationship I was ever in, um, was like that where I was fighting tooth and nail for the guy before I even decided I liked him all the way. Does that make sense? It does. And I don't disagree with anything you're saying. Like, I think that that, like you said, in order for a relationship to blossom and to have an opportunity to take root and to see some growth, there has to be an element of true, um, well, there's gotta be desire. Like there's gotta be this desire to see growth. And a lot of times it's hard to even get past the stage of, do I even want to pursue a relationship with this person? If everything has been formalities and it's Mm -hmm. been structured and it's been within a group setting, but I'm not going to lie. I'm really, I've, I'm becoming such a father. Daddy's I really, coming out. <laughs> I really am because th- there are, I tell you what, there are just, there are guys that have no business dating a certain caliber of girl. And, I, and I'm sure that there are, there are girls out there too that can be, you know, that, that men should stay away from, you know? And I do think that a, mo- a mother can have that insight, see things in a woman mm-hmm. that her son or daughter, that her son would not see. And a father can see things in a, in a suitor in a man that his daughter could not see just on the surface. And I don't, I don't know why you wouldn't leverage that wisdom, um, early and often in a, in a relationship. If you're thinking of the well being of your marriage and you want to be married to somebody of integrity and somebody that protects you and cherishes you and is faithful to you and is loyal to you, I would want there to be this open line of, exhortation and of discernment from the parents probably as soon as possible. Well, I do too. I hope that, I mean, I think that each one of us girls that have gotten married and my brother have gone instantly to my parents and been like, okay, here's the deal. Right. But I don't think that that interposing of, okay, I'm going to come up with the boundaries for you. I'm going to decide, like, I'm hoping that by now I I was a little bit different. I was 18 and Elisha was five years older when we first started talking. If Lucy's 18 and an older guy comes into her life, like, yeah, I'm sure there's gonna be a lot more boundaries, but as a 20 something, it's like, okay, at this point, hopefully we've raised our children where they have a strong physical standard for themselves. They have a strong um, ideal of marriage. They know that they are dating to decide if they would like to get married. They aren't just messing around. And so, and and they're trying to look for someone that they want to raise their children with, you yeah. know? And so that's a, that's a big deal. And so I hope that we have conversation and wait to give them wisdom. But I think you experienced this in your relationship that wasn't me too, where you really just bucked your parents 
inserting themselves in that relationship and it flipped you the other way. And it did the same thing for me. Instead of going to your parents for counsel, you were keeping stuff from them. Yeah. And wow, Katie, man, calling me out right here. Well, because I feel like we agree on this more than you're letting on. I feel like you're playing the devil's advocate on the podcast. No, and everything you're saying really good things. And I think every I agree with everything that you're saying. I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. And I think what you just said, I I heartily agree with. And that is, I want to raise my children in such a way where they value my opinion and they value my discernment. And I also want to be able to trust them and Mm -hmm. trust their, their standards and their desires for a relationship and for marriage. And so that's, I think, ultimately what I want. Like I would want Lucy to come to me and be like, Hey daddy, like I've, I met this guy at whatever. I met Mm -hmm. this guy at church or at, you know, Bible camp or, you know, where Christians meet. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Oh man, you only uh, have one girl. I wonder how it's going to be with boys. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, but I would hope it's the same thing with my sons. Yeah, they'd be like, yeah. Oh dad, I'm, I'm talking to this girl. I'm thinking about, you know, asking her out or we you know, what do you think? Um, and so, yeah, that's, I think I, ideal when yeah. I think of my kids is that there's just an open dialogue. Uh, well, this is what I think. I think it's a lot easier said than done. We have not done this and I like get white knuckled thinking about it, but I like thinking about it because I want to be there when my kids are adults and our stage as parents are counselors to our adult children. And for whatever reason, I see this flipped sometime in courtship where the parents go from being the counselors to controlling the relationship. Hmm. And to me, that's just never healthy with an adult child. They're going to buck that control at that stage. And I think it does the exact opposite of what a parent wants, which is to have that closeness and that um, be able to speak into the relationship. Yeah. So I think like it's between those two people. Um, and obviously we never want our kids, you know, something Aisha and I both knew we were never going to get married without my parents' blessing. Mm-hmm. They're just, we did not want to go into marriage without the blessing of family. And I knew I didn't trust myself enough even though I wanted to marry Elisha, that if my father would not give his blessing, I could not marry him. Hmm. Like I just, I wanted a marriage that was going to last forever. And I respected my parents so much. And it was one of those things where I wanted my cake and I wanted to eat it too. I wanted Elisha, but I wasn't going to go there without, without their blessing. So I hope that that respect is there. And ultimately that tension is what kept uh, my parents and I working through that relationship and, we have a beautiful relationship with them now, <laughs> you know, as soon yes. as Leisha and I got engaged, it was just incredible. And mm. so that's what I hope for my kids. I would like there to be less tension with my children in that dating relationship, just because I think it was really hard on my parents. It was hard on me, but I think it was really hard on my parents too. And that would be really hard for me to go through with each one of my kids, you know, yeah, and- feeling like their adversary instead of their advocate. Yes. And you were the oldest, you know, that was the first yes. go around. I think it's changed as each of it's your younger siblings changed. have uh, dated and gotten married. I know that's, that that was the case in my family from the oldest down. It's changed per relationship. Um, and also I'm speaking of this kind of like, I feel like I'm almost talking to myself through this. Does that make yeah. sense? Or talking to somebody in my stage where you're raising kids and you're thinking, what role do I want to have in my children's life? I think it's way different if you are that young adult that's not married and who knows you know, do you have Christian parents? Do you have, uh, you know, godly, or do you have that godly role models in your life that you can go to for counsel in a relationship? Um, that is something that is so valuable 
and it is something that should definitely be sought out, you know, if you don't have those godly parents that are inputting into your life to find older men and women in your church um, that can give you guidance in a relationship. Because obviously, you... yeah, marrying someone is a huge deal and you want input. We have blind spots when we're romantically inclined. We just do. We could yeah. talk ourselves into just being head over heels in love and wanting to spend the rest of our life with someone. And everyone else is like, there are gigantic red flags here. Mm. So there is that. And, um, and so I do think other people's involvement that know you closely, siblings and parents or people that you respect in your life is vital. And I don't think that dating as our culture sees it, where you date for fun, it's not, it's not fun to get her over and over and over again and go into marriage with major trust and resentment and, you know, all these past uh, hurts. It's just, it's a lot to deal with mm -hmm. for wanting to, just have a good time. You know, nothing is no strings attached. And I think that we're raising our kids to date to marry. That's the whole purpose of dating. It's not so you can have a, a fun person of the opposite sex to hang out with and yes. give you company. Um, and so, yeah, obviously there's a lot of parenting and ideology <laughs> that's hopefully biblically founded that goes into training our children right now and defining from the time they're little kids what marriage is and what dating is and um, what respect of parents is and why parents are there and why they're important. But yeah, and what they should be looking for in yeah. a future spouse. Yeah. So honestly, I think I think courtship can be a beautiful thing if you realize that as the parent, you're the counselor and you realize that your adult child needs to make their own decisions and come to you and you don't try to control the situation. That's where I see it go bad. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's really great. And I, and I, and honestly kind of getting back to the question, cause we really, we were going to talk about this for like 10 minutes and here we I are. I think maybe we should just do the episode on this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to save the other ones. Yeah. Those were just a little preview. Yeah. Uh, in regards to when other people, what, what was the question? Like other okay, people Okay, are yeah, this of, was the second half of the question. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah. Benefits of courting and how to talk to family members who think your child should be allowed to date. Yeah, because I definitely had that. I don't know if you had that growing up. I had yeah. aunts and uncles um, and even at, at times grandparents that are like, oh, come on, you know, Joe and Lisa, what's, what's wrong with letting them go on a date? Let them go to dance. Let them go out to dinner, whatever, whatever mm -hmm. it was. And again, I think that you have to be confident in what the goal, what your purpose in is, is of dating. Mm -hmm. When they say things like, oh, just let them have fun. It's like, oh, well, I don't look at dating as being just means to having fun. Like, also, dating's really hard. <laughs> well, I think it, it, it is if you're, if you're actually treating it's it work. with sobriety and you're yeah. treating it as though you want to be pursuing a healthy relationship. And I think that if you can communicate to your family members of, of like, well, we actually don't necessarily want our kids to date because we want them I, right now, because ultimately we want them to be healthily married. And so when the time's right or when the person's right, then yeah, we'll 100% encourage whatever, a court, courtship or dating or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And this is the other thing too, is that a lot of times call you, it whatever you, want. you can call it whatever you want and then, and then apply whatever parameters you have. A lot of times I think we like triggering people, you know, and so we'll say things like, oh, they're courting. And you kind of like get on your high horse because it's like this more, you don't think that? 
Who, who, who's we? Me? You like triggering oh. people? Well, I think I like... I, I do not like triggering people with stuff like this. Oh, I think with things like cord, you could say cording and you're like, yeah, because we're doing it better. And you could like feel good about yourself because you're doing it different from the world. And that could just like open up a whole new can of worms that could be avoided if you're just like, oh yeah, my daughter's dating this guy. But in reality, you know, behind the scenes, they're actually courting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it could be healthy if you're trying to show a different standard to the world and you would like to call it courting. I mean, I think people wanted to call it courting early on. I'm saying like in our generation, because they wanted to say, hey, we're doing something different than what the world promotes. And so I get that. It's like, hey, we're courting, right? We're doing, we're, it stood for placing this more for this formality on something that we should be intentional about. But I don't know if the formality was as necessary as the intentionality. I think the intentionality is the part that we should take from Cordy. Yes. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, obviously, I think here you say your child. Um, again, I would just say like, this is something my parents said a lot with us who are younger. Um, they just said, well, children don't need to date. You date to get married. And so when our child is old enough, when they're an adult and they're ready to get married, then that's when they'll date. And just kind of like, I don't think that you need to answer to anyone for how you are parenting your children. You answer to God. And I think that so many parenting decisions we make can be out of fear or can be out of what other people think or not wanting to be weird and be like, we're messing up our kids, you know? And it's just like, at the end of the day, all these people's opinions really don't matter a hell of beans. And when you look at the outcome of dating and the amount of people staying married, the amount of people that are getting married very, very late, that have all this hurt and all this brokenness in their life, it's like the system's clearly broken. So we're trying something new. Okay. We know that one's broken. So it's like, check that box. Now, maybe this one's broken too, but we're going to try it. You know, like... Yeah. Yeah. It's a gamble, but we know that's messed up. That's such a good point, Katie. When pe when you do something different, like courting versus dating, and people give you a hard time about it, you can respond by saying, well, like, how's dating working for everybody else? You know, like, look yeah. at the, the proofs in the pudding. And it's I not... I see these, like, 13-year-old kids on our street just making out. And I was like, I don't see how that's going to serve you. Yeah in your life, in your future relationships with the mother or the father of your children one day? Like, how is this a good idea? I don't. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's, the, that's a fact. And I feel, I feel like we even kind of skipped that because we kind of started this episode from this baseline, I think, assumption that these conversations wouldn't even be ha happening unless your child's of age to get married. But that might, that's not always assumed in Christian circles. Like, yeah, no, that's true. I take for granted that you don't just date. Yeah. In high school. Unless, unless I think there are children in high school or adults in high school, ultimately, who want to spend the rest of their life with that person and, and do, and they end up getting married later. But I think that for our kids, we'd be like, Hey, there's no physical contact in high school. <laughs> there's no, you know, like that starts a ticking time bomb as far as you can, you always want more. You're never satisfied outside of marriage. That's the only way to be satisfied sexually. So, 
And I mean, even then, obviously we're always tempted, all that stuff. But like in a dating relationship, you always want to push your line further and further and further. So say you date for six years, that's a hard time to, that's a long time to hold a line. Yeah. If you're like pushing it an inch every day, that's a lot of inches <laughs> that you're, that by the time the six <laughs> years are up, what you're you like, talking? wow, it's like multiple football fields. Yeah. So that's, and it's very, we're putting our kids in a failing situation. Like that's hard for anyone. Scripture says in Proverbs 7 or Proverbs 5, you know, the simple the, the wise man foresees the evil and hides himself. The simple pass on and are punished. And I think often with our parenting, we're being simple with our children and are saying, we're going to put them in this pressure cooker situation where, where they have intense desire for the other person. We're going to have them be alone all the time. And we're going to say, sustain that for seven years, but still, you know, don't have children before you're married or don't have physical intimacy. And it's just like, uh, that's yeah. not very smart. You're setting them up, setting them up. You're for setting failure. your kid up to fail. Yeah. You really are. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't get that. I mean, I think it's either that or what my um, mama joy, my grandma would always say, she goes, well, it either you end up breaking rules or you end up getting so bored of the other person. You don't have any fire when you get married. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I know some of you have probably dated for a long period of time and were able to avoid both those extremes. But, uh, I think for Elisha and I, what we would hope for our children is it's just, Hey, we're going to be friends. You guys can talk. You could intentionally talk. You can ask each other hard questions, but we're going to stay in group settings and we aren't going to pair off and have this coupling until you guys are actually ready to move this relationship forward at a decent speed towards marriage because you aren't getting married at 16, you know? Yeah. So yeah. And, and then the age for each person, getting married, I mean, our brother-in-law Austin was 18 when he got married. Yeah. And they just had the first kid and he is an awesome husband and father. Like yeah, he's there's no question whether or not he was ready, you know, mm -hmm. to get married at 18 years of age or was that too young? It's like, no, clearly not. Like they, but like my sister and him weren't going on dates when he was 16. They no, wrote exactly. letters, they exactly. stayed in communication, they had contact, but it was this slower burn so that, you know, they really only like dated after they were, I don't know, right before they got engaged for like a few months, yes. six months, then had their engagement and then got married. So I do think we have to be wise in helping our kids out with those timelines if they're younger and there's like real life things like you need a job and a place to live and are you guys ready if a baby comes and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think again, going back to just having an open dialogue with our kiddos, I think my dad did that with me from the time I was 18, 19, 20 years old, maybe even earlier, if I had a crush on a girl or I liked a girl and I would talk to him about it, he would just, he wouldn't respond, you know, irrationally or react in a negative way. He would just start asking me questions about my future and saying like, Oh, right. Yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. You want to get married. So, uh, like, do you feel like you're ready to get married? Where would you want to live? What do you want to do for work? Like you start asking these practical questions. That is so your dad. Yeah. He's so smart. And then Elisha's going like, there is no way I want to bring a girl into this. Yes. Right now. We joke, me and all my siblings joke uh, about how rarely my dad would tell us not to do something. And yet he would talk us through it in a way where by the end, the last thing we wanted to do was that thing we were coming to him to ask permission for. Um, <sighs> and that was, that was one of those things where, it, you know, I'd come to him and I'd think, be thinking about asking a girl on a date or pursuing a girl. And he would just ask me these questions and talk me through my life and my goals and who I wanted to be and what I wanted. And, <laughs> and like, well, Katie's still 10 years old, so yeah. <laughs> you sure you want to? 
ask Bonnie Lou out for a date. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 uh, again, that's my dad's style and I really respect it. And, and what I take away from that was that my dad had a really good relationship with me and each one of my brothers and my sisters. And so I would say all of our dating experience was similar in that we would have those types of conversation day after day mm-hmm. with my daddy uh, and at times with my mommy too, but mm-hmm. more so my daddy when it came to the relationship. Taking into daddy mode. Yeah, my father. <laughs> He's like going back into yeah. being a child. Yeah. Like more so my daddy. Yeah. <laughs> and my mommy sometimes. <laughs> like, whoa. You know what's funny is I actually got daddy and mommy and father and mother from one of your relatives because I think they talked about that it, you know, saying dad or mom was disrespectful in the circle that they were in. Yeah, and we don't. We still don't say, say that. dad or mom. Yeah, exactly. I call my dad daddy and my mom mommy. Yes. But when I t- refer to them, I say like my father and mother. Yes. That's good. Um, and so ever since I heard that, I thought, well, boy, I don't want to disrespect my parents. I'm going to call sweet. them father and mother and mommy and daddy. Anyways. Well, that's cute. And obviously, guys, we aren't, we aren't coming to this as like, oh, let us tell you how we shall parent our children because I'm sure I will be like crying in the bathroom like, why does she like this loser? Um, <laughs> or why does my son, why is he going for this girl? Yeah, it's the opposite. It is. Yeah, it's the that. guy, yeah. It's, it's, you have a harder time because I think you have the same weaknesses as your sex. So like, I think Lucy and I could potentially be like, have the wool pulled over eyes by the same guy. And then be like, he's so great. And Elijah's like, he is not great. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. But then like with Leon or Louie or Lawrence, I'm like, this girl is so terrible. Yes. I think that's how it usually plays I out. I mean, yeah. To my future daughter-in-laws, I'm excited to have you. Okay. <laughs> I will be a good mother-in-law. But... Um, yeah, I think that's more emotional. So anyways, we aren't coming at this as like, oh yeah, like we have we have no clue what we don't know. We're just, we have observed a lot of relationships go like the traditional route and then these like offshoots of courtship, um, kind of like conservative relationships. And we've seen some go really smoothly where we're like, okay, we're taking notes, you know? And we've seen some where we're like, what a weird situation. Yeah, and this is another thing too, okay? I know we're wrapping this thing up is as parents, you want to be the type of person that you, again, this goes into having a relationship with your child, but you also want to be the type of person that your, that your kids would come to. And that also the potential suitor would want to honor and respect. Are you being like an inspirational person and a respectable person? And are you exemplifying a marriage that they would want to seek counsel from? Cause so often I think that when the young daters or people that are dating, uh, react is that they're hearing all this strict, these strict guidelines from their parents. And they're like, okay, well, we don't want what you have. Like you are not happily married from our perspective. Mm -hmm. So why would we seek counsel from you? I'm not saying that that's an honoring thing for a young person to do at all. I think we should always honor our father and our mother, mothers, um, when we're, especially when we're in their home, but setting an example that your parents, that your children find inspirational or motivating and that they would want to seek counsel from is the balls in our court for that. Like we really have, uh, such an ability to, like I already said, exemplify a marriage that makes our children want to pursue a marriage and, and hear what our insights are and hear what our wisdom or, you know, discernments and concerns are. And both of Elisha and I did have that. Yes. I admire his parents' relationship and I really admire my parents' relationship. 
so, so much. Like, and I saw the ins and outs of my parents' relationship, you know, like the arguments and the making up and just how they worked through things. And I just have, I had, and still have just more and more and more respect for that. And I do think that was actually a big keeper when it came to them withholding their blessing for Elisha and I, I was just thinking, is there something I'm missing here? Mm. You know, am I going to get married to this guy and just regret it? Cause they see something that I don't. And, and that was a really big, a big thing, but it turns out Elisha and I were just really awkward around them. And then once we got married, they're like, you guys are great together. Yeah. Well, and I think that's why I, I even have a hard time saying yes, yay or nay against our courting or dating either one, because we kind of did both. And ultimately, I'm just so grateful with our relationship. And I don't hold it, even the strict first year of our, that first time we had our courting relationship. It's like, I've got zero. I don't blame your dad one bit. Like you said, you were 18. I was 23. I'm picturing myself in his shoes. It was his first daughter. It was his first daughter. And like, could I'm not blaming my dad, but it's just like, if you do that to Lucy, she's going to like, it's, it's not going to be good. I agree. I agree. We can learn from it. You know what I mean? Yes. I think we can learn from it. Yes. It's a lot of stress for him, for you, for me Mm -hmm. that didn't need to be there. Yes. Um, but, but again, he didn't, that's the thing. You're just, you're playing with variables you don't know. And cause you don't know who this guy is that's coming in to pursue your daughter. You don't know who the girl is that your son's, you know, it's rare that we have the opportunity to see our children's spouses grow up. We all think, oh, that's so fun. You know, Lawrence will end up with, you yeah, know, Susan or whatever. And yeah. then it's like in 20 years, <laughs> Susan's the last thing on Lawrence's mind. She's married with three kids. Yeah. So wow. we just don't know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? So this girl comes in from left field or this guy comes in from left field and we're trying to put together pieces. But I think that's the thing. I think I've already said this, but you're, tr- you're the child or the adult that's trying to figure out this relationship is trying to already balance this fine line between asking questions, getting all the boxes checked that they need checked and decide, are my emotions leading me here? Like, like, do I have this, you know, so-called evasive like chemistry or, okay, I really do like this person. I have this chemistry, but like, I don't want my heart broken. If this isn't right, I got to get some more boxes checked. You know, it's like, it's this hard game to play when you're intentional. And I just, I don't want to make it more stressful for my kids. I really want to be an ally where they're coming to me and are like, he said this, what do I, how do I take that? Or he, you know, tried to kiss me. How do I, how do I take that? Was that good? Was that not? I want to have that open communication instead of like them doing their thing and like not telling me about it. Yes, exactly. I think Lucy will know that if he tries to kiss her, that she comes to me with that information. (laughs) Why? She's like, because she's like, daddy will take care of this. <laughs> daddy will take care of Daddy and the boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Wow. Okay. That we should probably, you know, see if our kiddos are still surviving. Still surviving out there in yeah, the snow. They're playing out there. They have someone out there with them. It's not just the kids no. in yeah. case anyone was worried that they're yeah. just face down in the snow freezing. Yes. There's a grown up. Well, Katie, thank you for talking that out. Thank you. Yeah. Hopefully you guys are, I'm not, I'm not better at courting and I don't think dating's great. So I I just think we're just somewhere in the middle. Yes. And hopefully you guys got that. Like, and whatever you want to call it, 
is cool by me, and who knows what we're going to call it. There's probably going to be some great name by the time our kids are... No, but I respect you calling it courting because it sounds way better. Well, I think, yeah, I think people say courting because they mean intentional. Yes. I I think it means parental involvement, but parental involvement is also intentional. That's good. Yep. All right. (laughs) Okay, we just need to go. Bye, you guys. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. I don't know how to end this episode.